Hello and welcome once again to Chocolate Chat. My name is Chocolate Yoda, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H, because film studios are litigious. And with me is a buddy of mine who I've known for almost five years now, a guy who I consider very interesting, who I, I think there's, a, a, there's an aspect of our story that's going to be particularly interesting to some of you out there. Uh, Ron Marvel, please introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. How's it going? First of all, thank you for having me, my friend. Uh, yeah, we met about five years ago or so, and uh, it's been great ever since, man. A long-time friendship, a lot of uh, mentorship from you, thankfully, uh, and I've carried through my professional and personal career. Wow, wow, wow. Excellent. I appreciate that. Um, so, shirt. yeah, so I want to I want to I want to dig into uh, your history and and kind of bring everybody up to speed as to where you came from and what you're doing now. And then I definitely want to dig into our first interaction, because what came out of that interaction is particularly fascinating to me. Agreed. Uh, so take it away. So my background is I'm a originally born in Brooklyn. Uh, transplanted into uh, Middlesex County, East Brunswick, New Jersey. My father wanted me to go to a better school system. Uh, I moved us out here when I was fairly young. Um, I was in Florida for a little while. Uh, my mom got a little bit sick. Um, she actually had seven hour wide awake brain surgery, which I think we've talked about before in the past and have connected on in the past. Uh, and then that brought me out to uh, New Jersey shortly after we had moved back to New York. Um, I grew up through the East Brunswick school system. After high school, uh, I had went to DeVry University, left DeVry after a short interim there, finished my associates at Brookdale on the educational piece. I spent about 10 years or so in restaurants on and off in my uh, early work days. And then uh, went back to school for my bachelor's at West Virginia University, which I obtained a bachelor's in business management at that time. And I'm also through that interim, a former Golden Glove state champion boxer. Um, so just a little bit, yeah, Ooh. a little bit about me in the background there. Uh, that's a very funny story of how that yeah. happened. Um, you know, in high school, my father. Well, feel free well, to tell it. My father uh, was a drill sergeant in the army, and um, when I was in about tenth grade, uh, I had an altercation with somebody I actually grew up with, and our fathers rode motorcycles together, and I was probably a uh, hundred three pounds soaking wet with rocks in my pocket so i wasn't picking fights i wasn't picking <laughs> fights with anybody you know and uh somebody had told this individual that i was talking about his girlfriend now this individual was historically known for being a bit of an exaggerated storyteller wasn't a good student and when somebody told him this he instantly wanted to pick a fight with me i avoided it the first day I went back to my dad and my dad was the type that if I didn't defend myself, he would be angry at me for why didn't you defend yourself, you know? So uh, I told him what was going on right. and I was like, listen, I don't really want to fight him. He goes, well, Ron, it sounds like it's going to be something that might be unavoidable. Um, in the event that he does try to fight you, he's probably, a, he was 100 pounds heavier than me. He was a heavier set guy and um, not wow. in shape or anything, but just bigger and he flexed because he was bigger. He goes, when he does try to, you know, confront you, he's going to get close to you in your face. And when he does, he's going to put his arms up to the side, like to go to shove you. And when he does, I want you to hit him under the chin and aim for the sky, was literally my dad's exact words to me. And no lie, go back. To, 
<laughs> Excellent advice. He actually used a phone book to like pretend, like imagine he, this was just chin. Hit him in, the, hit him under the phone book and aim for the ceiling. <laughs> so anyway, so I go to school literally the That's next wild. day, and uh, sure enough, he did exactly what my dad said he would do. Got in my face in the doorway, and I hit him under the chin, and I dropped him in the doorway in front of everyone, and I froze. Because two things. One, never had that happen in my life. I was shocked that I dropped him. And then it was also my friend, you know, so I just wanted to get him out of my personal space. Yeah. And uh, when he looked up at me from the ground, mm -hmm. I went to go pick him up. And when I picked him up, you know, I saw the light in his eyes and he took a big right hand swing at me. We rolled through the science class and I ended up turning my back and catching both his arms over me. And when that happened, he tried to pull his arms out and he got tired and he says, if I get off you, just promise you won't hit me again. I said, okay, well, get off me. <laughs> so we ended up going to the principal's office who was also a wrestling coach. Both our dads came down there. And this is literally how I ended up boxing because my dad says to him, listen, Nate, I already talked to your father. And uh, if you feel like you're not done with Ron or he cheap shotted you, I'm renting a boxing gym. The two of you can put on headgear and gloves, and you guys can beat the shit out of each other until one of you runs out of gas. What do you want to do? And he said no. And at that point, <laughs> my dad said to me, Ron, he goes, I'm mm. still taking you to learn how to fight because now you might have a target on your back, you know, just in case anybody wants to mess with you. I want you to know how to defend yourself. Um, that same week, I went and met Sal Lopez. Sal Lopez was ranked number two in the world. He fought Hector Camacho for the world title. And uh, I pretty much got my ass kicked a bunch, you know, sparring and learning the ropes of boxing. And uh, within the next year and a half, I entered the Golden Glove State yeah. Tournament and won the first time. I won three matches to win the state tournament that year at 132 pounds. <laughs> and uh, my my life changed because of that moment, oh, because amazing. not only did it teach me the discipline and confidence and the respect level, but yeah. once I got to that point mentally, I wanted to pay it forward. And I actually built a 12 by 12 ring in my house and coach people and, and taught them, you know, parts of the science that I knew because it was my opportunity to give back. And I actually had a kid write his college essay right. on, you know, my, his training with me. So that's my boxing background in a nutshell of how I got into it. And uh, those lessons that I learned from that carry today with me in personal life and in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, uh, you know, you, you told me that story when we first met and, and I, I, I still love hearing it. Um, we connected on a few things and we connected quite coincidentally. I was working someplace, you came in to look at working there. And at the time I was the sales director. So you were under, under my wing. And I just remember that, um, it became apparent to me very quickly that talking to you about the company wasn't the most important thing for me to do in that moment. I wanted to talk to you about other things. And we connected on uh, being salespeople. We connected on the fighting arts since I had started martial arts when I was 13. And I remember how much that changed my life. Um, we connected yep. um, on what I would call passionate curiosity, right? Um, you, you just 
want to you you your approach to life is similar to my approach to life except i would say that you're a, a, a much more positive person than i am and and people think i'm positive but they <laughs> haven't met you yet <laughs> you know oh i think gosh. your energy even even in the opening moments here kind of illustrates uh, your positivity and it's a wonderful thing and and i love being around people like you so um as we were talking um what i focused on uh, was, uh, your, your, um, your orientation to fear and the challenges that you thought that were in front of you and what might prevent you from success or whatever. So I just went into coach mode. Um, yes. I, I, it's not something that I do intentionally. It's just when, when I hear people, uh, uh, coincidentally present the roadblock that they have in front of them, even if they don't know that that's what they're doing, I really don't ever resist the chance to address that uh, because it's, it's really what I live for. Uh, being a coach is something that I've made almost no money on, but it is my passion in life. Um, now I have co-passions because this podcast is a passion of mine as well. But coaching people is my ultimate passion. Um, I love the opportunity to have a positive impact on someone's life. It might be a temporary positive impact, but it might be a permanent positive impact or anything in between. Either way, I'm good. And I, I, even if I don't necessarily succeed at the outcome that I want for that person, um, just the opportunity to do that is wonderful for me. Um, the gravy, the icing, so to speak, is when I get the kind of feedback that you've given me uh, to tell me that, yeah, man, this was impactful. This, this, this really uh, fueled aspects of what I wanted to do in my life. Um, because interestingly enough, our, our time at the job was very, very short lived. Yeah. Uh, because shortly after you started, I believe that's when you started going to school and, and Correct. had to get out of that whole situation, right? So um, what became more profound for us uh, was, was all the things or were all the things that, um, you know, uh, I mentioned earlier in terms of our, you know, where, where the Venn diagrams of our lives kind of interact yeah. and intersect. Um, and I remember it was, uh, I, I don't remember the time frame, but I remember after we connected on Facebook, one day you sent me a photo. <laughs> and why don't you pick up the story there? Well, what, what, well, first of all, just to circle back on what you just said about coaching, because it's very important, because you might not... In you might not purposefully do it, but because subconsciously it's built in you, to help people, whether you realize it or not. Um, it's just an innate ability. And you took the bull by the horns in a way with me because you made me feel like I could be open and honest about how I truly felt and my passions and what I wanted to learn in the process of my business career. And you caught me at the very, very beginning of my sales life. Um, you know, I had my previous, you know, work experience in restaurants and in a way that's sales, but it's very, it's the same, but it's different. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you, you just explained to me, I'll never forget when you told me about how you were a door to door salesman of vacuums and that story, that's 
Yeah, my yeah. first sales job. And you job, told yeah. me about the struggles you had because I remember we sat in that office in our brief time with that company. We sat in your office and we role played. You were just like, you know, pretend I'm I'm a, I'm a client of yours and X, Y, and Z. And I would start speaking and I would get off my word track so bad and you'd be like, stop. What did we just talk about before? And we rehearsed and we rehearsed. And just like I talk about with like boxing coaching, like I don't want to just have somebody learn for the sake of learning. You know, a a really good coach is going to look at those smaller details to make sure that what you're teaching is sticking, you know, and using different ways and methods to prove Mm -hmm. that that's exactly what's happening. And you were just doing that for multiple reasons you were doing that because you genuinely cared you were listening to my story and we connected um you know over that so you know uh you have to remind me though of the picture i had sent you because ah it's the it's the quote oh that's, uh, yes that oh yes loved. so yeah. the story behind that is i had sent you a photo of the shakespeare quote that you told me which was our doubts are traitors mm-hmm. that oft make us lose the good we uh, make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt and that stuck with mm-hmm. me to such a degree that yeah. i'm gonna do this right now and strip a little bit but but i gotta do it because yeah, you live with me forever <laughs> man i tatted it on me because your your time with me mm. um stuck with me to this day and i think about the lessons that i've learned with you and uh yeah. the feeling of feeling of the feeling of fear when it comes to talking to people and just being genuinely yourself, like me and you were sitting here having a conversation on a podcast and a lot of people might end up getting nervous talking on camera. But for me, it's like I'm talking to you because we have that genuine interest uh, in communicating and passing on knowledge to others. Yeah. And that quote, I just hold near and dear to my heart, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a really deep thing. Like, I I don't know if I shared this with you. I know I gave you feedback when I saw the quote, but I don't recall exactly what I said to you. So I'll I'll, I'll replay that for everyone right now. Um, I I want you to understand what a profound moment that was for me. Um, you know, again, I don't always get to know the aftermath of my interactions with people, and I'm fine with that. You know, because for me, it's just about the effort, right? So it is particularly rewarding for a number of reasons. Um, but what I want to focus on is my instant reaction. I, I, I see this photo that you sent of the quote, and I, I was dumbstruck. Uh, I was honored. I was amazed. Uh, and I was really moved. Like I started crying when I saw that photo because how much more committed can someone get to an idea yeah. than to tattoo just, that idea on their body? It stuck with me in that body. type of way. <laughs> it really did. You and- know, and I and I know and I know what that's like to have a quote struck you. You know, I, I've done a I did a video the first chocolate chat I ever did. And and of course, chocolate chat is a subset of my other podcast, the persistent rumor. Um, and the first chocolate chat I did was my favorite quote because since 1986, that quote has shaped my life. 
you know, whatever you vividly imagine, ardently desire, sincerely believe, and enthusiastically act upon must inevitably come to pass. And the only reason I didn't share that quote with you was because the Shakespeare quote was more important and more yeah. geared toward what you were experiencing in, in the moment. But it's a beautiful quote. It's one of my favorite Shakespeare quotes. And it was just such a profound thing because in that moment, I had the opportunity to get validated for the effort that I put into addressing your issues. You know, and it's not like you were a mess. It's not like you came to me a broken human being. It wasn't anything like that. You were just you were just a, another human being that had a roadblock and you might you might or might not have been aware of it or you if you were, you didn't know how to get around it. So I gave you the feedback I gave you, which included that quote. And then to have you say, hey, look how important this is to me. Yeah, more so is the context of that conversation um, that came, that made that quote come to life. And you have told me your favorite quote before as well. And that definitely came up in conversation through our, through our years of knowing each other. But really, our first interactions, I was a young man and my dad's a street guy. You know, he's not a businessman, um, but he's street smart. And uh, I had that kind of background, but I was a clay. I was a ball of clay. And you know, I was getting molded by you in that way from the business approach of things and having mm -hmm. that having my bo boxing background already at that time. Yeah, I, I didn't live in fear, per se. And I, like you said, I wasn't someone that was in shambles, but I was looking for answers on how to make the next steps forward in my life because of the high levels of, of ambition that I had and still have. And I want to connect with people like yourself. Um, who have that innate desire to well, number one help others and then number two being able to pass on knowledge you know and uh, you were right. somebody that wanted to pour into me because you saw that I was willing to actively listen and apply you know and that's what I think yeah. a lot of the younger generation might not have today um, where they want to listen to respond um, I listen to you with two open ears all the time and they're pretty big they stick out pretty far <laughs> and uh because you're a well of knowledge um you know in terms of just life and uh i, I i'm very always grateful for you and you know that that those conversations I led, led to here we are today yeah and um what i was very impressed by is that as i as i watched you get into things after our initial meeting um, it was just like, it was obvious that you were a person who was always striving to be better. When you started selling cars, uh, you quickly just rocket shipped through that organization <laughs> and, you know, became uh, a prominent uh, car salesperson. Uh, and you, you know, you're selling high-end cars. It ain't easy to do. Right. So, you know, I, I, I used to love it whenever you would post the, you know, feedback that a customer gave and you're standing in the company and all that stuff. And then you and I would talk uh, privately and then you would talk about a business idea that you had. And, and you know, that and you ran down those ideas and uh, burn, the, yeah, boats, burn the boats, man. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the story of Edinon Cortez who uh, is still studied in the military today. Uh, this was back in the time of the conquistadors. 
And uh, very, very quickly, he landed on shore, outnumbered 10 to 1 in a battle that he was going into. And he did two things that turned out to be very stunning in terms of military strategy. Uh, one was that he gained allies in enemy territory. But that's not the most important thing he did. The most important thing he did was figure out a way to motivate his terrified soldiers. Uh, they all knew that at 10 to 1 odds, it was virtually guaranteed that they would all die. So they pleaded with him, let's turn the boats around. Let's go home. We got to get out of here. We, we, there's no chance we're going to win this. So what Hernan did was, and this is literal, this is history. Feel free to look it up. He burned all their boats. He burned his own boats. And he turned to his soldiers who were panicked and saying, what the f***? Why would you do that? Like, we're going <laughs> to die. He said, if you want to get home, we're going to have to get home on their boats. And these people, outnumbered 10 to 1, won and got home on the enemy's boats. And so the moral of the story is uh, uh, what Henry Kissinger said. Uh, the lack of alternatives dramatically clarifies the mind. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Right? So when you only have one way to go, you got to go that way and you got to and you got to go full tilt at it. And so, yes, that's that's the advice that I had given you yeah, at that time. And it's and it's so funny that advice is carrying with me now, which we'll get to. Um, but I took a as the person that I'm currently working with says, I took a road less traveled. So when I graduated from college with my bachelor's, I, I went to go be a car salesman because I wanted to chase my passion for vehicles. And then I had my passion for helping people. And I said, well, combine those two and I'm going to be successful. I struggled a lot at first, but what ultimately ended up happening is, you know, because I took that road less traveled, I had no choice but to grow from where I was. And I knew that if I ever wanted to be successful, I'm going to have to do everything I can to make it work, be willing to learn, be willing to listen to others um, and, and take the lessons that we learned together early on and move it forward and apply it. You know, right. when you had told right. me the burn the boats quote, we were I was talking to you about potentially opening a boxing gym. Um, and so funny enough is, you know, now and we'll get to it is I left automotive in terms of being a car salesman from the retail side. And now I'm on the development and consulting and coaching side of things for the automotive industry and hopefully future industries as we grow it. Um, so, you know, it's I burned the boats from a six figure paying job to go into a coaching position for a lot more upside mm. potential. But I'm taking a leap of faith because I want to touch more people's lives. That's beautiful. And that, that's amazing. And and. Uh, you know, again, it, it, people like you just feed me. It, it's I, I love the energy because um, I, I, I do my best to avoid negative people. I don't watch news. I consume a little bit of news. That's mostly because I do a new show yeah. on Thursdays. But generally speaking, I avoid negativity at all costs because, you know, I, I heard Prince say something. Uh, back, I think in the eighties or nineties, cause someone, someone asked him if he saw scary films and he said, no, because what you take in through your eyes, you take into your heart, you know? And so I was like, oh yeah, you know what that, you know, I'm, I'm watching news every night. I'm reading news. It's all this negative shit. 
what's wrong with the world, people dying, you know, earthquakes and shit, and, they, and none of this stuff has anything to do with me, and even if it did, I have no control over it, so what the fuck is the point? of consuming this stuff, right? It's just, it's just poison. And higher, and people that have a higher level of intelligence, such as yourself and, and, uh, others, you know, watching the news again is, is poison in my opinion. And I don't watch yeah. the news either. You know, I, I, I dabble here and there because of the ongoings of the world, but you're, you're ultimately going to stop yourself yeah. in your tracks because you're going to consume yourself with that negativity. Yeah. And it's, again, it, negativity breeds negativity. And then you bring that back into the, into the yeah, world. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so yeah. So what's, uh, what's life, uh, for you now? What's, what's happening? I mean, I, I, what, what's going on with that new role? So what's going on right now is pretty awesome. You know, I am partnered up with a gentleman who, like yourself, was an inspiration to me when I got into automotive. Um, you know, I was working at Audi at the time, and this gentleman had come to do a sales training. Uh, he was a consultant for dealerships for business development. Um, he had been in a, every seat in the dealership up to that point, um, you know, general manager and everything, and then just went out on his own. And uh, I ended up connecting with him for the same reason that me and you did was, you know, he saw something in me, I saw something in him. And when we met, my goal with going into Audi and going into car sales was to work for Audi corporate. Um, and I wanted to do that because of my passion for cars. I was like, I want to go to what I thought was the highest level of, of being able to maybe give back. Um, and he saw me and he said, wait a second, this guy's different. You know, there's, <laughs> he, he's like, I noticed you in the group, you were listening to me, you were asking active questions. Um, and since then, about four years ago, since we met, we've constantly stayed in contact. Um, and such as yourself, you know, you know, the importance of developing relationships um, genuinely and authentically. You know, I, I don't like you. We won't talk to anybody that we don't feel that that connection with. There's just it's it's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. We don't need the negativity in our lives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when I was working in uh, the previous Audi store, I was at, uh, you know, so at times some gone had times some time had gone by and he had been watching me on social media and the success I was having. And he said, Hey, listen, I have a business proposition for you. Let's talk. Um, and what we've started now is a, uh, business development and, uh, operations like specialty firm for right now, automotive for developing people and recruiting people to the industry. So, you know, one of the biggest drawbacks the automotive industry has that they're a little behind the times on is the customer experience side of things. We all know that mm. nobody likes to go to a car dealership. And it's awful. I, I was, <laughs> and I was as a salesperson, I used to tell people when they were like, wow, you've been so informative. I would literally tell them I'm not a car salesman. I'm a car coach because I go. wanted to, I wanted to coach people on solving their problems. You know, right. they're coming into the dealership, not for a car. They're coming into the dealership on the deeper level with an issue and mm -hmm. a problem more than likely. And my job is to solve somebody's problem. So, so I want to take a pause right there for a moment and, and really appreciate what you just said. Because what I found in my 36-year sales career that, that, I, that I ended just last summer um, is sometimes, and this is something Anthony Robbins talks about. He talks about that two-millimeter shift 
Um, the, the, the preface is facial geometry. If you change any of your features, even two millimeters, it, it, it creates a whole different face, right? But it's also the same in trajectory, you know? And he talks about the difference if a target is 10 feet away from you and your aim is off by two millimeters, it doesn't make a difference. But if that same target is a half a mile away from you, that two millimeters might make you miss altogether. It'll change the trajectory so completely, right? And the same is true in sales. Very often, when you understand what you're actually doing, that two millimeter distinction is a world of difference. So for instance, Absolutely. I was in financial services and what I figured out one day is that I'm not selling credit card processing. What I'm selling is security for the business owner to ensure that he and his family eat every day. Absolutely. And once, once I understood that, it changed every aspect of my conversation and sales just started dropping with no problem because I was having a different kind of conversation. So I really, that, that's a wonderful distinction that you made. Yeah. And I'm, and I can tell by the feedback that, you know, testimonials are lovely. Um, but I can tell I've been a professional communicator for a long, long time. And I can tell the difference between a testimonial that's just a favor. I can tell if it's a testimonial that's just placating somebody because someone said, hey, man, could you do me a favor and do a testimonial? And the guy at the other end goes, ah, oh, mother yeah, yeah, right. You yeah, know, just write something, just to, just, uh, yeah, just, to, just to placate his friend. And then I can tell the genuine testimonial. And I can say with 100% certainty that every testimonial that you have ever put up from your customers was completely genuine and heartfelt. These people could not say enough about you. You know, it wasn't like, hey, Ron's really good. I enjoyed our time together. It's fucking paragraphs. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm, and I'm honored. Writing. I'm honored by that, man. Yeah. And be, and, but you earned that because you earnestly want to help people. And it's not just about, I'm a salesperson trying to make money because people feel that energy. Yes, they do. People feel the energy of, you know, you're just a dollar sign to me yep. as opposed to, I know that if I help you out as best as I can and take care of you, I'll automatically be taken yeah, care of. And you'll of. agree that sales, it's a, it's a, it's a major you'll shift. You'll agree that it's, it's really, it's not sales. It's uh, being the trusted source of information and being an edu yeah, it's communication, being an educational piece for clients and for people. Yes. And even in your day to day conversations, yeah. if you approach every conversation that you have with anyone, whether it's business or personal, and, and you're looking not necessarily to teach them something, but to give back to them in the way of, you know, they might be communicating an issue or problem to you. You know, what can I do to maybe give them another perception or maybe I can listen and get the effective criticism I need to further assist you, you know, or somebody um, on a personal and professional level. And I think that that change in mindset is really what sets the successful people apart from the people just looking for that dollar sign, a means to an end. Because if you treat yeah. it that way, the money, the money part will come. 
Um, you know, and I've, I've never chased right. money in my life because of my ambition of what I want out of my life. Because if if what I truly want is to help people, it's and it's not the financial gain that you get from it. The financial game will just come on its own because you're making that impactful difference yeah. and you're connecting with people. Because then all of a sudden you start noticing that people yeah. come out of the woodwork to help you just the way, same way that you step up to help them. You know, and that's why you had such a successful career, yeah. and that's why you're continuing to give back by you know having the podcast and the educational information you provide. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And another thing that that happens that's a that's a wonderful off, offshoot of everything you just described, and it's something that I know that that you've experienced referrals. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. You get referrals because if look, here's, here's how referrals work. It's very simple. We've all done it. And we, we all become salespeople for people and institutions that we don't stand to make money from. Right. That's what a referral is. You know, most of the time, unless you have a referral agreement with that company, you're, you are helping that company make money yep. for free. Okay. And so you give somebody a great experience and then guess what happens the next time one of your customers hears someone say, I'm thinking of buying a new car. Bing, they get activated and they go, Hey, I know who you have to talk to. My buddy, Ron, he's the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, then and, and it's, and it's really like there'd be times where I didn't sell somebody a car at all. I just had a conversation with them and they never bought a car from me. But because I was being educational and genuinely interested in helping them, even though they didn't buy it, to your point, they sent somebody to me because they're like, oh, you want the right information? Go talk so to them. So you, you still um, made a sale. You horn. still made a sale to that first person because you sold him on the idea that you are the car salesperson to talk to, right? Yeah, and, and now I get to give back to yeah. the people that work at the yeah. dealerships, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and have them have that mindset of creating. I just learned recently about the difference, I won't say I learned it, but it, I I heard the words out loud, right? It was customer service versus customer experience. Mm. And customer service is you're at a diner and hey, can you ask the waitress or waiter, can you get me the ketchup? There's no ketchup on the table, that's customer service. How about I my drink's almost empty and you just come silently come over and fill my water for me. That's customer experience, I didn't mm. ask for it. Yeah. You know, so that's a, that's a huge, huge difference in you know, how can I help? And then how can I do it? Well, there you go. It's kind of like when a prostitute gives you a hot towel afterward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the experience. Like, you know, Hey, like I came here for a service and now I'm getting an experience. So See, this is this part is of my problem Holy in life crap. is that I, I can't avoid a punchline. It doesn't matter Duh. if I haven't experienced it. It doesn't matter what the content. <laughs> I've never, I've never bought a prostitute in my life, but I just, I can't help myself. Anyway. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> and I wouldn't be ashamed if I did, but it just so happens that I didn't. But anyway, uh, so that's, no, that, everything you're saying is is music to my ears. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. So uh, thank you for sharing all that. So aside from your, your business life, uh, what's happening in other aspects of your life? Well, personally, um, you know, I got, you know, mom and dad, thank God, are healthy. Um, you know, just trying to uh, decide if, you know, I want to continue my life in the tri-state area or not, um, if I want to move to another part of the country or anything like that. But uh, just just kind of keeping it low key, you know, and just and right now I'm just so busy working in the business world that, you know, the the personal life is like, you know, I, I don't view 
I guess going out, I like to have a good time, don't get me wrong, but everybody does. Mm-hmm. But I don't really care to go out and party on my weekends and stuff. I rather, I'm a homebody, I rather read a book at this point. It's so crazy because as you get older, it's like I'm just. I'm just obsessed with trying to get more information and more knowledge all the time. And personally, um, I, I am dating somebody for about four years now. Her name's Nicole. Uh, she'd get mad right now if I said that her name's Nicole because she likes to go by Nikki. <laughs> she's like, you introduced me to everybody. Hi, as Nikki. Nicole. She's somewhere. She's somewhere. But <laughs> she's probably hanging out with my cats. She's a crazy cat lady. Uh, not in a bad way. She uh, she feeds like feral cats outside her house, um, you know, and all these beautiful things. So she's an animal lover and a huge empath, which is part of what, you know, brought us together because she cares about other uh, human beings and uh, animals, you know. Excellent. So that part of things are good. And, and I got to ask you, you know, what about you? You know, this is all going so well. I could see that with the uh, podcast and I know how hard of a worker you are and stuff. But, you know, how's everything home? How's your son? Everything is wonderful. I, um, I, I can honestly say that I have never been happier in my life. And I, I've had a spectacular life. Uh, so, you know, I, I didn't know that I could be happier than I was. Um, but. The source of my happiness, uh, I think, is similar to yours in that uh, I am doing what I want to be doing. You know, I drive for a rideshare company to pay the bills, um, and I that's my side gig. My, my main gig is the podcast. And when I got into it, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea that I would have to learn how to do lighting and shoot video and edit video and edit audio and do sound engineering and uh, learn mic technology and mic technique, uh, do graphic design, all that. I had no idea. And all of that stuff is immeasurably pleasurable to me. Um, I love learning. Um, I've known that for quite some time. Um, I didn't know how much I would have to learn when I first did this. Um, and now I just love it. Sometimes I create logos now for relaxation. <laughs> yeah, I've been noticing you've had like like five, six different logos yeah. of like this one I like, this one I like a little more. What what do I think about this one compared to this one? You know, you've just been building out logos. And I see your t shirt over there, which you yeah. have to tell me what I need to do to get one of those. Um, oh yeah. Absolutely. So I can so I can rep it every day. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the other the, the other uh, piece of it, it's funny you brought up the content creation because what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to get talent to the automotive industry and I'm creating HVCOs. I'm creating high value content offers and mm. uh, I'm putting together like 35, uh, 30 to 60 second clips as well as like two to three minute uh, interviews with my business partner on, you know, why work in the automotive industry, how to connect with people better, um, how to uh, interview better so you have the potential to grow and scale your career. Because the biggest thing right now is, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, that are collecting unemployment checks and I'm not knocking them, but I'm sure that there's a level of, you know, personal desire they have to be functioning on a higher level and they don't know how to do it. So, you know, I'm looking to build content to do that. So it's funny that you said that because now I'm learning a whole new scope yeah. of uh, talking in front of the camera and, you know, making sure that I'm coming off genuine because that's how I want to be perceived because that's who I am and not sounding like I'm reading off a word track. You know, even before mm-hmm. I got in this podcast with you, I was like, oh, we're just going to do this cold because me and 
we're just going to have a conversation, man. You know, that's and uh, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I've never prepared for one of these. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you would. I was like, there's no way he's sitting there before like, oh, well, I'm going to ask Ron these questions. Like, <laughs> or anybody no. that you get on there. No, you're just going to get just, on yeah, and I have just fun. Have a, uh, I just, yeah, to me, it's just a conversation, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've learned to be good at is just having conversation with people, building rapport. And, you know, right so far, I've interviewed people that I know. And that that obviously makes it easier because yeah. I can reference things. Uh, but let me ask you a question. Um, you know, look, I, I speak to strangers every day. Yeah. So I, I know that I can build rapport with strangers as well. So let me ask you a question. You know, what's we'll, your, we'll see how that goes. What's your yeah. so far since you've been doing this? What's your uh, what's your favorite part of it all? What's your favorite part of it? My favorite part of it all. Is congruity. Um, and the context I'll give you to that is even though I had a successful 36 year sales career, it was never anything that interested me. I never did anything that mattered. Um, I was moving money around or I was making money selling products or both. And, and, you know, it was honest work. Yeah. I always sold with integrity and honesty and I can, I can hang my hat on that and sleep like a baby at night because I don't have any worries about what I did to anybody. However, it never resonated with me. Um, most of that was trying to build somebody else's dream. You know, the way I was raised and all that stuff. And, and again, it, none of it was wrong. It was just when I finally understood that I didn't care about anything, I was in that limbo place of going, well, I don't want to do this anymore but I'm not qualified to do anything else. So what do I do? And it took another 10 years for me to answer that question. And the answer was the podcast, uh, because I'm, I'm a bit of a ham if you haven't noticed. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I just love communicating with people. I love coaching people. And so the podcast does all of that. And my main podcast is just me with my best friend just having conversations yeah. and yeah. I I would do that for free and I would do that forever. And you know, yeah. now it's just, we're just filming it. Like people really don't understand. This is how we talk to each other. These normally when it's goofy, when it's serious, when it's, when it's deep, when it's frivolous, these, these are the conversations that we have. And so uh, now it feels like the, the congruence between what my passion is and what I'm doing is spot on now. And yeah. uh, I didn't, I've never enjoyed that before. So this is amazing to me. My life is spectacular. My son is wonderful. Uh, my friendships are amazing. I have phenomenal human beings in my life that would do anything for me. Um, they've proven that over and over and over again. Um, I trust them with everything. Um, and they trust me. And, you know, I like to joke that if my best friend called me and said he needed to bury a body, I wouldn't even ask who it was or what he did. <laughs> no, I would look, just be where, there. where we got to go. <laughs> yeah. Where do we got to go? My dad would always say, you, know, you It's just call like me that scene in the, the town yeah. when, uh, when Ben Affleck is t talking to uh, Jeremy Renner. Yep. And he's like, look, you can't ask me any questions. I'm not going to tell you anything about this. We got to go hurt some people. And he's like, whose car are we going to take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those people are in your life. And I don't know how yeah. deep you are in terms of manifestation, but um, 
you manifested what's going on around you uh in, in yes. my opinion well yeah I, I believe wholeheartedly in it I, I i don't i don't believe in the secret in literal terms I yeah. don't want to turn to some child that was born into abject poverty in the middle of the desert and tell him, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. That's fucking ridiculous. Agreed. However, um, I, I do believe that your life is what you make it. You know, you know, it's a Shakespeare quote that I quote at least once a week, if not more. And, you know, there is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Um, or nothing is neither good or bad, but thinking makes it so either way. Um, and so whatever your life is, is not what's actually happening in your life. It, you take what's happening in your life and you give it meaning. That's, that's what every human being does. Nothing, nothing exists in a void. Something happens and we decide good, bad, or indifferent, right? So. When COVID came and lockdown happened, a lot of people got very unhappy because their life changed. Yeah. I got happy because I saw opportunity. Yeah. Right. So, and you know, I can roll with hanging with people and I can roll with being a hermit. Yep. Right. I'm like, whatever's next is next. Yeah. Well, that's your mindset. So it, when it was, yeah. So when it was like, oh, we, we have to go into quarantine. That's when I said, okay, what do I want to do with my life now? Yeah. And that's when, and and we had already started uh, tinkering with the podcast in March of last year. So this was all kind of coincidental. We had been talking about the podcast for months even before that. Yeah. Um, and we originally tried to record the podcast like audio and d- didn't figure out how to do that. And yeah. then I finally thought, hey, I can use these meeting softwares to record these things. So I was using, you know, those types of things. So whatever, I, you know, three months in, now it's June, and I found myself really unhappy because I was still in the corporate world, and I was like, if I got to do one more fucking video meeting. Yeah, yeah, and I felt that way a I reached my breaking point, and I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And... It was a burn your boats moment mm-hmm. because I left myself no option and I just decided this is what I'm going to be doing now, meaning my podcast. Yeah. Um, so that's how I'm doing, man. Yeah. I'm fucking spectacular. I love, I love every second of it. <laughs> and, you know, I think that, you know, the pandemic definitely, you know, like you said, it, it kind of created a little bit of a negativity for a lot of people that they were like stuck at home. But again, it's just like you said, it's the mindset. Do you do you mentally feel stuck or are you stuck because you that's what's actually happening? And like you said, we cre- we attach meaning to what's going around around us. But it starts in here. Sure. You know, so you you yeah. your ability to be able to pivot in difficult situations is you know, a gift. And, you know, not everybody can have an objective enough and open mindedness to them to be able to say, okay, my situation, I'm in control of my situation. The situation is not in control of me, you know? So I think that that is a, uh, something that we can all learn and and continue to develop as we get older. Uh, you know, and we all learn and we all learn that. I'll make one distinction to what you just said. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make one distinction to what you just said. I don't consider it a gift. 
because uh, it's not something that was given to me. It was a decision I there made. There you go. Um, you know, I remember uh, back in uh, 88, um, I was introduced to the myth of Sisyphus. Uh, it was part of a support group that I was in, uh, not clinical. It was just a bunch of people that got together and said, you know, we want to make our lives better. How do we do yeah. that? And so we started reading philosophy. So we read uh, Martin Heidegger, which is the hardest <laughs> I ever read in my life. I needed literally a dictionary next to me to understand anything that this <laughs> guy said. Um, and then Albert Camus. Uh, Albert Camus re- wrote, amongst other things, The Myth of Sisyphus. Um, and to, to succinctly describe it, it's Wiley Coyote, right? Uh, Wiley Coyote, no matter how many times he failed, he kept chasing the roadrunner, uh, because he didn't focus on his failures, right? So the, the real myth, uh, Sisyphus was a guy condemned by the gods because he enjoyed life too much. And the gods were pissed off that a mere mortal could enjoy life so much because they thought that was relegated to the gods. And so they punished him by making him push a boulder up a hill. And it was a big boulder, and it was painful for him to push it up. He had to dig his shoulder in and all that stuff. And every time he got it to the top of the hill, it would just roll down to the bottom of the hill again. And they thought, well, fuck this guy. We got him. He's going to be miserable. But Sisyphus was never miserable because he didn't consider his life the pushing of the boulder. He considered his life the walk back down the hill. Ah. Right. And so he because he saw that as time for contemplation and and time for reflection. And that was to him the content of his life. So it wasn't what was going on that mattered to Sisyphus. It is what he decided that it meant that mattered to him. And that's how I approach my whole life. Look. Everybody has horrendous shit that goes on in their life, whether it's sickness, whether it's joblessness, uh, whether it's assault, physical or sexual, uh, whether it's car accidents or the deaths of loved ones. This is what life uh, contains in it, no matter who the fuck you are. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. Yep. It doesn't matter how beloved you are. It doesn't matter how famous you are. It's all the same shit for everybody. So I'm not unique, but I've experienced horrendous shit in my life. You mentioned brain surgery earlier. Yeah. I had six and a half hour surgery. I was not awake for it. I was completely yeah, out cold for it. Matter. But right. But what was interesting is that if if I pull up the very first post and all the posts in between and the last post that I did regarding my brain surgery, there was not a moment of complaining about it. There was not a moment of lamentation, not a moment of woes me. The first thing I said was, you know, from my hospital bed, I took a photo of myself looking all fucked up before the surgery because I was told that I could die. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm about to have brain surgery because I have a tumor in my head, probably because I'm a godless heathen. <laughs> So even in that situation, <laughs> I couldn't help but make a joke because that's that I would if I was going to die, I decided that I'm going to die the way yeah, I live, not be miserable, and that's how I lived, not be miserable, man. Because fuck it, it's my decision. Yes. Nothing, none of this was happening to me. It was just happening, and I got to decide what yeah. it meant. So, yeah, that's that's, you know, aside from the the word gift and I would switch it for the word decision. But, yeah, it's it's just and we all have that power. That's the crazy thing is that so many people think 
that what is going on in their life is something that is it's happening them. to them. And it's not. It's it, something is happening. It's not happening to you. It's just happening. You get to decide what that thing yeah. means. I've seen people that were up beyond all recognition man like a dude that got into a plane crash lost all movement was told he was going to be a cripple his whole life and he turned to the staff and said i'm going to walk out of this hospital in six months and people are like yeah whatever nut job and this motherfucker he's i think he's referred to as the miracle man uh this dude defied all odds and walked out of that fucking hospital in the time yep. frame that he said. You know, Joseph Cousins getting cancer and curing himself of cancer with Three Stooges yeah. films. Yeah. Okay? Because he was like, hey, man, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out laughing. And he cured himself. You know? Um, I've seen people with no arms learn how to play guitar with their feet. I've seen people drive cars with no arms and just there. I've seen all sorts Miracles, man. that people From are here. doing. I saw a one armed bodybuilder, a, a, a power lifter. This fucking guy was, was doing deadlifts. And I think one guy was doing a press, yeah. a one arm press with ungodly yeah. weights. And I just, I remember sharing these posts and being like, what the yeah, fuck is exactly. your excuse? And I, I kind of actually do that to people sometimes also, <laughs> you know? like, you know, friends that might be down in the dumps about certain things that, you know, really, again, it, they feel like it's happening to them, you know? And then you give them a perspective change on like, well, look at this person and what happened to them and how they bounced back and how they pivoted. Um, and I think that that's a... Uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day perception is reality my friend you know and um you can decide Absolutely. on how you want to live your life uh at any given moment you can change your mindset you just have to be willing to do so and be open minded enough um you know and that's one of the great things about our conversations Absolutely. that we always have Absolutely. you know the, we always go into these you know the last yeah, time yeah. we saw each other for dinner too the same thing And man, we are so overdue. That was like what two years ago? Yeah, I was just thinking about yeah. that. Oh my god, it was before COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before COVID hit. So we're we're overdue. We're overdue. We got to get together again. And now you know now there's the, yes. that we can safely handle the cooties. You know we got no excuse not to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm now on my uh, on a uh, a time where I have more of it. Yeah. You know I'm I'm. I'm working for uh, something that's bigger than me and, you know, I can work throughout the day, you know, whenever I want, um, you know, to build that. So, you know, my, I'm, I'm available and, and definitely look forward to seeing you again soon and we'll yeah. definitely set something yeah, up yeah, because we'll it make is that definitely for sure. overdue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, this has been spectacular as I knew it would be. Uh, thank you so much for being willing to do this. Um, you know, this uh, to everybody else, this has been Chocolate Chat brought to you by The Persistent Rumor. And to answer your question about where you get this stuff, if you go to thepersistentrumor.com, there's a tab that says Merch, and it'll uh, take you to uh, the, the store, the online store. There are several different logos to choose from. Um, I'm going to be creating more. <laughs> Which one's the favorite? Which one do we take? <laughs> uh, yeah, take the one that suits you. It's up to you. You know, and and you know, uh, for for the people closest to me, and my, I probably shouldn't share this, but it, you know, I've made custom stuff for certain people, uh, just two people so far. Um, but cool. uh, yeah, whatever the case may be, you know, that's the place where people can buy my. Shit. 
<laughs> um, love, and love so uh, where, where can people reach you, whether it's your social media, if, if there's a professional uh, profile you want to point to? Yeah, so my profile on my, I'll use Instagram for the moment, which is also just personal. Um, but I do post, you know, my own motivational things and just, uh, you know, family stuff, boxing stuff, all of it. But it's Marvelous underscore Ron Marvo. And you can find me on most other social media channels as just Ronald S. Marvo or Ron Marvo. And Marvelous is my last name, M-A-R-V-O. L-O-U-S. Yeah. So I changed the uh, the spelling a little nice, bit. But, nice, um, nice, Good stuff. That's where you can find me. And again, I Chocolate Yoda, I thank you so much. I am very grateful to be here and to spend this time with you. And uh, I look forward to all of our future endeavors together. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll definitely talk soon. And everybody else, peace, love, and granola. We'll see you all soon. <laughs> Hi folks, this is Chocolate Yoda. If you like this episode, but want to hear the uncensored version, head over to patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Again, patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Thank you.